Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the Washugal Motocross National Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Uh, BTOsports.com, proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team with Short and Gerke. Anything you need for your biker body, BTO Sports has it. Use the code PULPMX. Save yourself money when you check out. All new website, mobile phone friendly. Some of the best prices around, and like I said, anything you need, they got it. 2015 gear for, for a bunch of companies is in stock and ready to ship. And also Fox Racing, foxhead.com, taking the uh, global innovation leader for motocross racing products, Instinct Boot, V4 Helmet. 2015 stuff is out now, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Kenny Roxon and Ryan Dungey wear Fox, and they had pretty good weekends at Washougal, and maybe that's not a coincidence. All right, like I said, my, my name's Steve Mathis. With me on the line, my usual two cohorts, the voice of motocross on NBC Sports slash NBC slash MAV-TV, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Who is on his way to Loretta's, which is, I don't think that's no. a, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have a week ahead of you that uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. You know what? It's uh, anyone who's experienced Loretta's in any capacity, working, riding, whatever, I think all three of us have in some capacity. It's not fun, but it is fun all wrapped in one. It's like the best and the worst. I don't know how that's possible, but it is. Yeah, yeah, really, right? I mean, there's memories here that are awesome, but holy crap, is it a grind. And I'm sure if you're racing or wrenching, like you guys have done, it's the same. Yeah, and you're there all week. You're announcing all week. Yep. Sun up to sundown, Tuesday to Saturday. Please make note of any Johnny Ohanna, Wes Kane announcing battles again so we you can relive them for us. <laughs> Those are some of the best okay. stories you have. So uh, it's funny. I can't even tell them apart sometimes. It's you guys. Fu- it's funny how there's people who die to get on the mic, and then there's you who'd rather just not have the mic. <laughs> yeah, today actually I'm getting an upgrade. I have to host uh, opening ceremonies for the first time ever. Tim Cotter is um, moving up. He's, he's promoted himself to not have to do it. <laughs> So now oh, I have oh, to do it. Fantastic! And I'm like, I don't really, ha- I'm like, I don't really have too much involved with the Reds. I don't even know any of the rules or the changes that you made this year. I don't know any of the sponsors. Like I'm not right. You know, you deal with these sponsors on a daily basis, and then you greet them on stage. It kind of makes sense. But yeah. Oh well, uh, I'll be meeting them for the first time up there. I uh, I just promoted myself. Why again? I don't no longer have to write okay. observations. So oh just, crap! Here we go. I just promoted Is myself. Moser. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Moser. Uh, also on the line, uh, out there somewhere in the middle of America. Hawking, uh, fly racewear to uh, dealers everywhere, and uh, is uh, our own uh, two-time German Supercross champion and two-time Montreal Supercross champion, former Loretta Lynn's competitor, now turned multi-talented um, businessman, the Jason Thomas. 
What's going on? I feel your pain, Weege. Feel your pain. That's that's a long week to be stuck in that booth. But it was. I mean, I'm sure your memories are they're they're good. It's not like Loretta's oh, I love Loretta's, but I was hanging out and swimming in the creek and doing all oh. kinds of things that you will not be doing. Oh, is that what goes on? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't aware. I was there one time, 1998. Stayed all week. Worked Honda support. Nobody rode Hondas because they didn't pay any contingency. But I was there. I rode the industry race too. Still upset that Robbie Bernard and Jeff Demant lined up for the industry race. Good job, guys. Good job. Weed, you should partake in the GL program and uh, have a good time in the booth, I think. Uh, yeah, well, I said it's not all bad. That's what I'm saying. I definitely have. Definitely have partake in the uh, GL program at the beer tent and whatnot. The, the good thing about the, the announcer's tower is you have air conditioning, do you not, Weege? Yeah, there was a rumor this year they were going to build a stage for us for these uh, live motos that you can watch on racertv.com, and they want to have fans behind us like uh, college game day style. Luckily, they didn't get that thing together. Thank God. Must have. Oh, that would be brutal. That would be. You, there's no way you could hold up a whole week of that. No way. The uh, the stage cost must have came in at over fifty dollars, and the plan was scrapped. <laughs> I, I, I might I might have tried to sabotage it from the inside. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Right. All right. Washugal. Well, uh, wrap up. First of all, Wygant, the word of the day was crown molding. And you said you were going to step it up. I didn't know what you were talking about. I just thought you were just talking. But, yeah, you, you've now made this a uh, a multicultural thing with, with getting South Africa and England involved. <laughs> well, the real plan is to get Georgia to get somebody else to say it when she's interviewing them. But So she was in on it due to that. And then some fans came up and asked about crown molding before the race when GL was there. So then he was curious. So in the end, all three of us knew. And man, we took it to the uh, we took it to the house. <laughs> yeah. Did you ran s- up the score? Did you see? You the- guys are mocking us. Y- you are. <laughs> yeah, you're throwing it in our face. I don't like it. I'm not happy. Um, this is uh, going forward on fourth down with like a four touchdown lead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Going for two. What's Scoring. Up? When it's 70 to nothing, and then you go for two. What's up, Belichick? <laughs> Belichick in his after Spygate. That's basically what you are right now. That's right. That's right. Um, well, did you see the tweet about the guy who said, Lang- why does Langston keep saying crown molding? The guy's an idiot. <laughs> On Facebook? because oh, he didn't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's a downside to all this, isn't there? Yeah, hashtag inside joke problems. So, yeah. Um, well, we're, we got a week off, so we'll come up with something, but th- we're not happy. Us in the, uh, word of the day community are not, is not happy that you're just mocking us, just rubbing it in our well, faces. Hold on though. I was thinking this at its origin, was it supposed to be a, a like one side versus the other battle? Or was it just supposed to be something fun that would be interesting to listen to and, and listen for, or is it supposed to be a competition? It's supposed to be super tough to get the word of the day in, and, and good All luck right. trying to get it in. Well, I feel like we are, we are coming up with words that will be difficult, but then you are mocking us by making them look so easy and involving all of your, your co-hosts in, in the program, and they also say the word. So it's almost yeah. as if we are mental midgets uh, in our uh, word choice. Yeah, You're I'm like... Uh, far too easy. I'm like King Kong, and you're like in one of those old planes. Yeah, yeah, just batting us, you away. Yeah, batting us out of the air. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not not too. Uh, yeah, not too pumped on that. We'll figure Either it out. You're though. too smart, or we are. We really need to step our our words uh, up here. 
Yeah. And, and we'll, don't worry, Wygant. We'll get you. We'll get you. Um, There's always sperm whale. <laughs> we may just stick to the, the immortal sperm whale. Um, uh, I haven't watched the race yet Monday morning. I plan to uh, watch it right after this podcast, which maybe should have done it the opposite way, but whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I understand it was a free-for-all with Crown Molding. Uh, something I wanted to touch on before we get to the race itself, uh, kind of sort of news, uh, number nine, Ivan Tedesco. Um, retired um, before the, the he announced during the race, and so so Ivan's last lap in professional motocross will be done without a helmet during a moto. That's really how yeah, he went that out. Was, that is definitely the highlight of his career. <laughs> uh, a lap that will live in infamy. You know what? He actually did miss a year. He was out for a whole year last year and came back this year to ride for Rock for Rockstar KTM for Supercross, and then uh, of course RCA Suzuki for the outdoors, but. I mean, JT, you've been there, you know, maybe not quite as accomplished as Ivan, but still professional motocrosser for a long time, and just gets to a point, and I think Ivan was at that point, he didn't want to get hurt, he didn't want to lay it out there, and it kind of, you can't, you can't really do that in this sport. Well, I think for Ivan, he's, you know, probably 33, 34 years old, um, and it's just getting to the point where he's probably not making any money doing this, or I would assume it's, it's minimal. You know, I don't think that RCH really offered him a lot of money to do this, and the risk is high, you know, especially for a guy like Ivan, who he pushes it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't uh, go around and ride around out there, mm-hmm. and he's paid the price for that. He's had a, some big crashes and injuries, and you just start have to weigh the risk-reward Yeah, uh, for a guy with a family and kids and a long life ahead of him outside of motorcycle racing. You just kind of have to look at it and say, you know, is this really worth it, or, you know, I've done you know, lots of good things. And, and for him, he's probably not going to go win races or, or titles or anything at this point. And I think that's a fair, you know, a fair thing to say. So I just kind of have to start start to weigh everything, and I think it was just the right time for him. The um, Weege, it really was the comeback for Ivan. I mean, he, he had his best race when he switched to the 350, got 10th. But there was a lot of just crashes. We've seen that for a while. Yeah, uh, from what I heard talking to some team people, that final lap at Bud's Creek without the helmet on, that, that's not a coincidence that that's the final lap. That's what did him in. He, he crashed the air, and then he was kicking the bike, and he was so hot, he took his helmet off, and then kind of instinctually didn't even realize he did and kept riding, which just blows my mind. We've seen this happen with other riders, that basically almost semi-conscious, you know, heat-wise and whatnot, mm-hmm. these guys can do laps and do jumps. Uh, I remember Brett Metcalf doing it at Freestone years ago, just doubling jumps while basically not even able to function. Uh, and I think right then and there he decided this is just too much. And, I mean, Ivan's a great dude, and he's had a good career. And I think, you know, even though maybe it's been a struggle on the 450 compared to what he had hoped for, still, when you look at it in the big picture, it's pretty awesome. But we did say at the beginning of the Nationals this year that we were worried that he would not get through all the races. And he did not get through all the races. Like, I'm glad to see him doing this now because I have a feeling that Right. Like that could happen again. I mean, it just kept piling on and piling on. Yeah, and and really, he's got a lot, he's got to have a lot of money in the bank, JT. When you figure, I mean, he's well, fine. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say with you know with the economic downturn and real estate crash and all that stuff. Who has what? But yeah. he certainly made a lot of money. He did. He did. So you would yeah. think that he so he's who fine. Know, who knows what way. he's done with it? But he definitely made a lot. Two time two fifty Supercross champion, two fifty motocross champion, and a two or three time Des Nations guy. Just two, maybe. But uh, three. Three said somewhere in the. Oh, okay, yeah. So three time, yeah. certainly a, a great career, no doubt. And when I think of Ivan Tedesco's career, I think of somebody who really 
wasn't projected to be much coming out of Loretta Lynn's and really worked hard and uh, put a lot of laps in and really made something of himself. His his climb was gradual and uh, into the championship ranks and and you know and then didn't go well in the 450s or didn't go as well as he hoped in the 450s. But still, somebody who if you had said, "Hey, Ivan Tedesco is going to do all this in 1990." Nine when he made his pro debut or ninety eight, it was pretty surprising, right? Right, JT. Yeah, and I think uh, you know he was one of those guys that really capitalized on his prime coming in the kind of the prime of the economic state of the sport too. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be said for that, um, guys. That <laughs> it really it really can be a huge difference as far as when you did well, as far as yeah. how you're set up for the rest of your life financially. So yeah. Uh, he he definitely timed it right, and and to your point, yes, he was. There wasn't a lot of hype for him uh, leaving the amateur ranks. I knew of him obviously because he was just a tad younger than me, and I raced against him here and there. But I don't think anyone, you know, if when he graduated from the amateur class, if someone had told you that he would win, uh, you know, Supercross titles indoors and out, and and be Ricky Carmichael's teammate on Factory Suzuki, etc., I think you would have got some some weird stares at you. So, yeah, uh, good for him. Before we drop this, uh, what's your Ivan Tedesco memory? Why again? Do you have one? You know, I think one of the most underrated things, we were talking about the Nations. He rode the Nations one year in the Suzuki, and he was not supposed to go at all. He had basically barely ridden the uh, the Nationals that year with an injury. I think this was 06. And then Carmichael, remember, hurt his shoulder at Glen Helen the last race of the year, and the bike was already shipped. Mm-hmm. So they said, go. You got to go. And I don't think he was barely even racing. Had no intention of racing the nation, but he went for it, and he pulled the start and held on as long as he could. I mean, he didn't win any of the motos, but it was enough for Team USA to win. Yeah, and I think that's that's Tedesco's deal there. Deal with injury, maybe not in the best situation, but he definitely gave it everything he had, mm-hmm. and that saved the day. I feel like sometimes those donations results kind of get forgotten, uh, but that to me kind of summed it up for him. I think of '09 Lakewood on a Honda coming out of nowhere. 1-1. I think he led every lap. Phenomenal ride. Right up there with some of the best rides I've ever seen. One race rides I've ever seen. Great day for him. So That's true. Yep. Uh, JT, you? Uh, I would go with some of his uh, his Pro Circuit Supercross wins. When he ghost rode his bike after the win, he got fined for that. Um, but, man, he was good on 250F. <laughs> I think the, the 450 just didn't suit his style. He liked to hang it out a little. I, I just thought like he liked to hang it out too much for the 450. Yeah. And that, but that style really works on 250F. You have to be aggressive, and it yeah. fits him. So, also uh, just uh, those years on Pro Circuit, he was by far the best guy in Supercross at that time. Also, last guy to win a 125 Supercross race on a 125. Yep, yep, so, Pontiac. Yeah, on a Yamaha Troy. All right, uh, Washugo. Let's move on to that. Uh, Weege, uh It rained orange in Washington. Um, Marvin Muskan, Ryan Dungey, fastest qualifiers, one one motos. Just on another level, both guys. Who who was more impressive? I think I'm going to go slightly more with Dungy, but man, both guys were f- phenomenal. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you on that one. It sounds strange to say we're more impressed that Dungy won, considering he's already won this year before, and Muscan hadn't won. He hadn't even led a lap this year, and then he goes 1-1, but I think we know what Dungy's up against. You know, it's championship time, and I was making the joke on your show on thursday it's like every week is the this is the week dungeon's gotta win this is the week Dun- well this, he really did he came through exactly <laughs> like he needed to it was a clutch ride yeah, um yeah. so 
Moose Dan's win on paper might be more impressive, but the amount of times we've seen Dungey and like a, he really needs to just wax these dudes this weekend situation, mm-hmm. and he doesn't always come through with that type of performance, and then he did this time, that's pretty impressive. JT, we, we maybe need to make Washugal his home track and not Millville. I think he's got a better record at Washugal. Yeah, he's really good there. You know, that was the whole thing with him and uh, Ryan and him. Uh, Ryan and Ryan, I guess, swapping hometown races. But uh, I think that, uh, I guess, the surprise would probably go to Marvin, but the more impressive was Dungy. Yeah. And Dungy was good on Saturday. <laughs> he was really good. Just uh, Just checking out. I mean, Tomac... So, okay, the first moto, Tomac gets the so-so start, works his way up, and you're like, eh, you know, whatever. Tomac wasn't quite there. But if, you know, let's see the second moto if they start 1-2. Uh, and they did. And Dungey pulled away. <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things where Dungey was, it was like a Millville, but this flip-flopped. One of those days that, that Ryan Dungey wasn't going to be touched. I have to wonder, now that Tomac is, you know, clearly 100%, uh, and he's probably feeling much like he was this time last year. And this time last year in the 250, it was like once he got rolling, it didn't matter where he was, he was going to get to the lead. He was just going to eat you up. And, and then even Donation, it was similar. He ended up crashing. But he was just, if anyone was in front of him, he was going to catch you. I have to feel like this is one of the first times probably in a while Tomac has felt like himself and like, man, I couldn't get this guy. Yeah. Different Washougal, too, with the rain. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you know, we all know Washugal and how it is and what it takes to, to do well there, throttle control and line selection and everything else um, because it's so slick and all this kind of stuff. But uh, this was a different Washugal, and it didn't seem to matter, JT, for a dungy. Like, lots of traction, big ruts. Still, whatever. See you later. Yeah, just uh, whatever about that place, the, the layout or the, the flowy type, type momentum just suits him well and – well, you know, there's a lot of confidence and stuff that goes into that and, and mindset and all that, that kind of things entering the weekend. But definitely uh, it was kind of more of the same, and, and I know we're going to get into this, but where does this leave Roxon? I mean, well, do you let's still have that panic button app on your phone? Yeah. We, we might need that. Now? I, man. You tell I know me. he still has a 14-point lead, so that sounds crazy, but. When you're looking at this thing, you know, objectively and, and what's transpired and how he looked, and he lost by 56 seconds on Saturday. 14 points, three races left. What are you, what's your guys' opinion on it? I, my opinion is it's not good. This is not a good <laughs> thing for him right now, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I, I consider him the favorite going down the stretch for this thing. I, I really don't. I know he's got a 14-point you know, advantage and all that stuff, but I'm really, uh, really not liking how this is looking for him. Uh, Weed, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, man. At the post-race press conference, um, credit to Kenny for being honest, but like he was like spilling his guts out. Like he was might as well have had a ghostwriter there and put a novel together. It was a tell-all <laughs> confessional. I mean, he was just bummed. He just said, you know, I don't have the balance right. I've, I've I, I jump in the pool, I go play golf, I'm not doing it right, I, I'm not riding the way I was, I, I'm, I'm trying to get back there, but I'm not sure. Uh, he, he's going to have Alden, he had Alden at Washougal, he's going to have him at the last three rounds. That wasn't the plan, he kind of called him in, yeah, I guess he hit the panic button, uh, pick up the red phone and said, Alden, I need you at my side. But he could have easily just said, which most riders would do, oh, it's had an off day, settings were off, Right. I'll be back. 
but nope, he was owning the fact that there is something wrong, which uh, credit to him for saying that, but then at the same time we give him credit and we wish all guys did it, now we're condemning him for admitting it, because <laughs> now we know there's a problem. You just tell me if you, need, if you want me to hit it, either one of you, you just, just give me the word. Well, uh, before you hit it, I'll, I'll cue it with this. Uh, someone in the press conference is like, hey, what time is it right now, as Rockson is talking? And I'm like, I think it's almost 5.30, so 5.27. They're like, mark that down at the time that he handed over the title. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Really? So, wow. Having seen that, heard that in the press conference, go ahead, run it. It's been pushed. It's much funnier when it's not about Chad. <laughs> it's been pushed. Hey, the second moto, the second moto, how close was Metcalf to him? It was pretty close, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming. And and, yep. Matty, and I talked to Matty. He was pumped that he caught Roxon. He was very excited, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, underrated, I think, will be Kenny might have got a little lucky there that Kennard happened to crash at the start of that moto because I don't know if he would have been able to beat him. And Kennard's been the third or fourth best guy, mm-hmm. and he's also probably being helped at Stu's out. I don't know if you beat those guys if they're running a normal race the way he's riding right now. This week off will help Roxon, I believe. JT should just maybe yeah. Hey. So I, I want to know what has changed since Redbud. What has changed since your conversation with at Redbud with Ken Roxon? where he was on top of the world, um, and, you know, and it was your conversation, not mine, but the feeling I got was no one could touch him at that point. Wow, JT. I mean, you, that's what, three weeks ago? You called him out a little bit about his Instagram after Red Butt. I did. I, I was <laughs> shocked. At, I don't want to say arrogance because I feel like that's a little bit strong, but he, I mean, he was really confident. Just the universe. The universe. I don't know. It's strange, right? I mean, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a 180 from, from where we okay. sat at Redbud. What? Complete. What was after Redbud? Buds? Bud. Yep. Buds. Okay, so Buds first, and, uh, first moto Redbud. at Buds, he, he, he wins. Passed Dungy. He passed Dungy. He passed Dungy and got in the lead and started pulling away, and you're like, yeah, this is just right. a continuation. And then all of a sudden, the last half of the moto, Dungy started reeling him in, and it was like, what's going on? Yeah, but he still won. He did still win that moto, and then Dungy beat him in the second moto, and, and it was like, wow, that's different than we thought, but we didn't know panic button at that point. No, no Something panic button at all. There. Right. And Something th- changed there. And then we ran into... Help me out. This series is good. I uh, went Buds and Millville. Millville. Okay, so yeah, Millville, again, kind of, you know, didn't really challenge too much. I mean, he, he got second in the first moto, but Dunge fell. You know, Dunge was ahead of him. And Tomac had him covered. Yeah, there. Tomac had him both covered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now here we are. Uh, Washugo, where he was a distant third, and like you said, getting caught by Metcalf, and perhaps in the second moto, lucky that Trey Kennard went down. So, dude, he even in the press conference even threw out. He started talking about how how much Filippoto, you know, struggled his first year in the 450, and even Carmichael had problems when he switched to a 250 in Supercross. Like he's already kind of setting this, up the well. Hey, it's my rookie year. This sounded like a press conference I should have gone to. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just—it's just not the kind of candid stuff you get from riders often. I mean, I really give him credit for that. And then, unfortunately, like I said we're taking this that information and condemning him with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How we are. Yeah. Well, no, hey, that's what. Well, the panic button's been pushed, folks. So uh, we'll see. Is not not definitely 
lots of points left. So he I also just, uh, uh, indicating that he's probably physically tired. He he said that you know Tomac's in a great spot right now because he's so fresh, and he's like, I wonder how he would feel if he raced all the races like I did, um, which pretty much indicates that he's maybe not as strong as he was. Now Kenny's been worn down, but Dungey's been there every time. Yeah, that doesn't explain Ryan Dungey, exactly. But we did that. I did a little bit of math last week that, you know, going into when, when, when Tomac showed up at, at Muddy Creek, he had raced nine 450 races this year and missed 12. So, wow. Yeah, certainly hadn't, you know, he certainly was pretty fresh. So, And by the way, I keep hearing this Tomac to Cowie thing, and I, just, I tweeted this morning about it. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's going to be at Geico next year. Now, whether he's under... I don't know that there's nothing there, but... No. I, I, I haven't heard much... You I, know, I talked to both it. sides. So some, if, if there is something there, both sides are lying to me. Right. So um, there was... They did talk to Cowie before they did the Geico deal. But uh, um, now whether he's under a Geico truck, 450, or the factory Honda truck running Geico stickers... That's to be seen. That may happen, but he's going to be on that team next year. So, and then he'll be, and then his contract is up after 2015. So he should be very well off and very rich after that if he's not already. Um, Trey Kennard, fourth in the first moto, and the second moto, I was in the announcer's tower watching. And I mean, I I know it's tough, and I know it's it's not easy, but uh, that flagging. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what do you got to do, Weech, for these flaggers? What do we have to do? Do we need a – you can't possibly pay travel for 12 rounds for the same guys every weekend. But there's got to be something that – we've seen it over and over and over. And, JT, you've raced these things and seen it over and over. It's not – and they're trained. They're spoken to. It's not literally a bunch of drunks. Tra- trained is a well, – that's a, that's a big word. They're, they're not pulled out of the crowd and just given a yellow flag. They're, they're yeah, instructed. Kinda. Kinda. No, they're not. They're instructed. But man, yeah, they're pulled out of the crowd and instructed. <laughs> well, they're not pulled out. Of... <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a better way or something better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a solution, so I'm hesitant to to come down that hard. Um, but it was again brutal flagging. The guy didn't see him. Then when he saw him, he was directing people towards Trey Kennard's bike. Oh, you know, like, come on, man. Like, you see, the, you see the side of the jump he's down on. Go to that side of the track, wave your yellow flag on the top of the jump, and direct people to the side that his bike is not on. You know, so. And then we saw the Jake Weimer and Mookie thing. And, I mean, that just goes on and on and on. I'm sure, JT, I would put a lot of money on that at some point in your career you were the victim of bad flagging. Oh, without a doubt. Right. I mean, it's, it's a recurring theme. I don't care if you race. Uh, here or I mean in Europe, I landed on a hay bale because the guy was uh, talking to someone in the crowd instead of flagging. You know, it, it's yeah, it's not something that's that's unique to this <laughs> series or no. I, I, and again, I'm hesitant to come down on him because I don't have a great solution. But I mean, because I don't think the money is there to fly flaggers to all twelve rounds, and they can they, you know they work their regular nine to five jobs, and they got to leave on a Friday and blah blah blah. So you know so. One thing I think that maybe would help, I don't know, it doesn't help on the training side, I guess, but uh, I wonder if you could, do they, they don't have any radio communication, do they? No. I mean, that's one thing, like as far as yeah. maybe if you had radio set up, you could just say, dude, there's a guy down. Yeah. Hey, uh, George, 
or whatever your name is on that jump. You're not doing this right. Do this right. Yeah, at least alerting them to someone being down. I know, you know, I do have personal experience being a flagger. Oh, and, you do, uh, yes. Yeah. One of the strangest things about it is you have to look down the track. You know, you see the riders going away from you instead of coming toward you, which is completely backwards of the way anyone's ever watched pretty much anything. Um, you know, you, you watch the bikes coming at you. You don't watch them going away from you. But mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. You yeah. know, you're watching the part of the track beyond you, not in front of you. Um so, in my experience, I know that that totally confuses people, and you might think you're doing it a lot, but to do it 100% of the time, I guarantee you that that's part of the problem. Like, on the first lap or whatnot, you're just watching everything coming at you and whatnot, and you forget to book. Nope, right. don't look at them coming at you. Turn around. Right. Maybe we well, this is one of the, the arguments, I think, that are uh, for a safety reason, one of the biggest, I'm, I'm a proponent of having uh, in-helmet, uh, communications simply for yeah. this fact even if it was nothing else other than a like a PSA like a warning something that only one person maybe had control of but they could put it in everyone's helmet rider down you know rider down rider down or anything I mean just for safety reasons I mean it's people get hurt really bad because of you know not not seeing someone down I mean I've seen some horrific crashes where it was completely avoidable but they, no one knew that they were down. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to it, but that's one thing that could definitely help. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Um, all right. Hey, uh, JT, it's um, funny looking at the results. Um, Shorty, he is uh, eight points out of fifth place um, in the points. With Josh Grant yep. missing the race, there's Andrew Short. He scored a combined nine points in the first three motos, and there he is, just solid, doing what he does. Metcalf uh, is fourth. Uh, Stewart is uh, fifth, and 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 we don't know if Stewart's going to show up at Unadilla. The press release said he's going to show up at Unadilla, but we're not sure if he's going to show up at Unadilla. What do you put the odds at, Weege, that he shows up at Unadilla? Forty-nine percent. Okay, fifty-one, forty-one. Yeah. 50, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just rumors are that yeah, he may not be there, but we'll we'll see. Um, Grant missed the, the the race, so short. Like I said, so back to Shorty. Uh, good day at Washougal for him. Metcalf had a good day too. Uh, Brett's been pretty solid this year. I mean, really, Weege, uh Metcalf is doing kind of what we thought he would do. I mean, which is good. There's not a lot of surprise with him, though. He's just sort of solid like Shorty, like right there. I actually think um, mid-season there, he's a little bit uh, worse than I thought. You know, he was, you know, we, we on the TV show, we keep saying he's Mr. Fifth Place, but he was actually not quite, he was fifth in points all the time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like getting fifth. And then he said he had a back injury, and that's behind him now, and I think you could see it. Like, yeah. he picked up a little bit here in the last uh, two weeks. He's now back to, yep, that's what you expect. Yep. And Shorty would tail them both motos. Uh, couldn't make a pass on them, but uh, uh, they were pretty. Pr- both of them were pretty good and pretty equal. Shorty got good starts. Well, Metcalf got a good start in the second moto. So, um, just two guys that are you know kind of, you know they, they they don't get a lot of hype. They don't get a lot of talk about them. But uh, yeah, they're good. Weston Pike was good too. JT. Yeah, Weston was good. I, I was going to say with with Andrew and Metcalf, they are basically the same guy. I feel like a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, they really. I mean. They, 
you talk about two guys that are incredibly nice, humble, hardworking. Uh, they finish around each other all the time. Uh, you know, their their careers haven't been too much different. Maybe Shorty's had, you know, some more wins here and there in the, in the 250 class and stuff like that. And, and, and 450s, too. Yeah, and 450s. And, and 450s. Shorty's won a super Yeah, class. yeah, he was obviously a top three guy for a long time. But when you, you know, you look at their them as people and everything about them, they're so similar. And to watch them, like, chasing each other around on the weekend, I was just kind of chuckling to myself that yeah. it was almost the same guy chasing each other. Well, Shugel's, uh getting a good start is key. Shorty got two good starts so yeah i think uh you can pretty much guarantee right now that either a yamaha or a ktm is getting the whole shot yeah and even even when uh shorty and dungy and rocks and those guys don't get the whole shot they're always top three top five it's it's pretty it's, it's uh, funny to watch because i can almost call the whole shot right within like three guys Brayton was uh, – did he get both whole shots credited? I know he the did. first one for sure. The second one too. Yeah. Brayton yeah. was ridiculous in the first moto. He had such a jump and such a thing. He, like, moved over in front of everybody to get a better line into the first turn. I mean, that's when you know when you have a start. He was so far in front of everybody, he could just move, I don't know, five feet to his right. Yeah, Burner, Burner was telling me that he was talking to uh, – because Burner was our stand-in team manager this weekend. Oh, I, and, thought, uh, I thought Moser was. No. He's telling me he was talking to Brayton on the line just uh, in the downtime. Um, and, you know, they were kind of joking about Brayton's starts or, you know, ridiculous yeah. all the time. And he's like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as long as I don't screw it up, I'm going to be top three, you know, if not first. <laughs> right. I, I just have to not get in my own way here because yeah. uh, it's pretty obvious that their bikes are really, really fast. And I, I don't know that that's always a good thing for yeah. for traction or anything like that, but they definitely – have some serious power in those Yamahas right now. And word on the street is that Brayton's going to the BTO team next year, so he should be on another bike that gets good starts, as we've seen Shorty and Dunge and all that. So his yep. his uh, you know his starts should continue. Weege, I agree. If, I'm just thinking if, if the you know there's a rumor that Barsha is going to JGR. You know, no, oh. no, no press releases have come out. There is a rumor he might be on. Oh, is that what he's that that going? I've been wondering. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I don't know if anyone knew that. I didn't like, know that. A rumor no. that Roxon might go to RCH. It's a rumor. Uh, can you imagine Barsha on that bike? Will he get every hole shot? <laughs> right. Will it just be Michael Lessie? Yeah. Did, yeah, he, yeah, did Brayton transfer the power to, to Barsha? Now Barsha's on JGR. They might literally transfer the power from the bike. Literally be a transfer right, of power. Right, right. I heard Barsha was actually in North Carolina. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard oh, he's got some I, friends I there. I wouldn't know anything. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, so, Weege, let's talk Brayton with you. So he whole shots both motos. Last week he also whole shot, or maybe got second, but then led, led almost led a lap. The, he goes 8-8. Eight, eight. Does he go? Where does he go? Hold on. Yeah, 8-8 eight, eight this weekend. Is that good? Should it be better? Should it be a Metcalf or a short level? I think this definitely was better than last week, but at the same time, yeah, I would think that him or anyone involved would want him to at least be Metcalf short level, especially if you start in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he really liked the track, and I talked about their practice, and most of the riders thought the rain was helpful and good, and he was definitely feeling better than he was at Millville. But, yeah, I can't imagine that he comes in 8-8 eight, eight and Shorty and Metcalf are able to get him, and I guess Pike too, right? Yeah. Uh I, no way he's pumped on that. Does Pike stay there next year, JT? Do we know yet? No, we definitely don't know yet. Um, I don't know. That's that's a big question. I 
I really couldn't go one way or another. I, I guess if I had to, to lean one way or another, I would say tickle, and I, I really don't have a lot of evidence to back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that. The, I'm sure they have a an inkling of which way this thing's going to go, but I don't I, think that they really want to. I heard make that decision until they have to. I heard from an agent this weekend that he's he's locked in with J, with JGR, and, and this and this agent and this agent was uh, uh, hoping to get one of his guys there uh, at JGR. Are you Tickle or Pike? Pike. And and but yet I heard from the JGR guys that they they weren't. On the Pike bandwagon, but yeah, Yamaha, that's what I was but Yamaha wanted Pike yeah. as well. So, I, knowing all that, I don't know how Yamaha can um, can uh, you know definitely force a team to take a guy, but maybe they can. I don't know. Yeah, listening to an agent say something yeah, is yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. happening is laughable. No, but the only thing is, is this agent's trying to get one of his guys on the team. So he was told this, like, we're not interested in your guy anymore because of this. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the agent for a guy. Oh, it wasn't. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Pike and Barsha on the same team will be either the greatest thing or the worst thing that could ever happen. Absolutely, they should have kept. Uh, I, don't, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Um, they won't. I don't really think they'll. You'll see a ton of battling. You know, Barsha will be the clear cut number one guy. I don't think you can argue that. And you know, Pike kind of does his own thing, so I think it'll be fine. Pike's a nihilist. He, he doesn't like, believe in number one guys. No. Doesn't believe in teammates or team. Uh, JT. So after the race, myself, Weege, you were there. Burner, Moser. I uh, may be missing some people, and we were talking about Chad Reed. And you and Burner, obviously, best friends with with Chad Reed. Myself, I'm a good friend with Chad. I like the guy. You I've got taking some liberties. Um, I, I I don't think he should keep racing. And you guys are like, why not? And I. I mean, he's dealing with a back injury. It's he got a good start in the second moto. He pulled off, no doubt. He couldn't. He's not practicing much during the week or at all. This isn't good. This isn't doing anybody any good. I don't. I, I don't agree that I was saying that he should keep racing. I just you were. I know the the behind the scenes stuff, and he doesn't have a choice. So well, it doesn't matter what you think he should do. He really is kind of up against the wall here. He, he needs. He has to be out there. Okay, and just further hurt himself. Just further. Pound himself into the ground because I'm sure Unadilla will be great. Unadilla doesn't get rough at all. Do you understand? He doesn't have a choice here. So you, you it's you, not like he. Do you think he wants to be out there? You really think that's what he wants? Do you to, think he wants to go out there, struggle, pull off, turn in crappy results? That's what he wants to do. That's what you think? Of he course wants to not. Do. But then, how, then obviously there are reasons. Okay, that he has so, to be out there. All right. There. So okay. So discount tire or whoever else is uh, threatening. Maybe Ellie? They, do they have Ellie with a knife to her throat with a bag on her head? I mean, no, but they have a you know? checkbook that basically. Well, of the course, same thing. but hey, there comes a point where health and money and things need to balance out, and you okay, need to look well, after that's, things. That's discount tires' decision. I mean, he he has people to pay. He can't pay them if he's not getting checks, and if he doesn't show up, they they dock his pay. What kind of title so, sponsor? What kind of title sponsor is just so heartless that they're like? Yeah, dude, we know you're pounding yourself into the ground every week, and you're in pain, and you're unable to ride, but you got to keep going. This is business, bro. It's well, business. You have a contract. You have to show up and do, you know, you have to fulfill your obligations. This isn't, uh, it's not a, you know, well, not a I'm calling, show. I'm calling this the local discount tire. I got one down the street for me. I don't think discount tire, I mean, discount tire is done, I mean, they stood behind him. He missed all kinds of super. That's what races. I mean. He had a horrible year last yeah. year. Yeah. 
So, I don't. I think they've they've gone beyond you know well, I, their this, obligation. Weege, this isn't good for anybody. What's going on right now? Uh, yeah, but you know he. We saw him on TV in both motos this weekend, and each time I said he's on the discount tire two two Kawasaki, and I'm sure he signed a ton of autographs to Chad Reed. So that's the whole thing. It's not the same him not being there, even if he pulls out of the second moto. So just go and sign autographs. Math, as I understand what you're saying, you don't think he's doing any good being racing out there. And I listen, no one's arguing that. He's not arguing that. But when the people that are writing your checks and you're he's on the hook for lots and lots of money to pay people, you, you kind of have to do what people tell you. you. You know, it's not it's not always your decision. And I know you you don't really uh, you work from home and do all these things, but you did a lot of things that Yamaha did. You know, for for Yamaha that you didn't want to do. No, it's one I of those did, things you got to do it. I did everything I wanted to do. It was a job. I understand it's the same situation. I know. Chad I don't Re- think it's really fair to say, "Hey, you shouldn't be racing." Well, and no shit. We both of know. Of course, he shouldn't and, be racing. He we, knows that. We both know Chad Reed well, and I'm sure he. A lot of times, he just does what other people tell him to. Absolutely. Well, this is this is uh, a, di- a little bit different of a situation. Well, it's not good. It's it's terrible. It's not even uh, you know going eight eight right now. It's not an eight eight deal. It's not a top ten guy. He's not even top ten. He's not even top ten, and I don't want to see my Chad Reed out there. Not getting at least top tens. Well, like I said, no one's arguing with you, but you know, sometimes in life you have to do things that you G- don't want to do. Guy Lafleur was a great, great NHL player, terrific player, Conn Smythe winner, a Hart Trophy winner, fifty goal scorer. He took a couple years off, and he came back with the New York Rangers. He was a Montreal Canadian. Everyone knew him as a Montreal Canadian. That's all you've ever pictured was Guy Lafleur coming down the right wing with his hair flying in the breeze and blowing a slap shot past the goalie. And he took a year off, and he came back with the New York Rangers. And it just wasn't the same. It tarnished his legacy. Okay. Well, I've made it very clear. I don't know how else I can make it clear for you that he has a lot of people he's responsible for paying. And their livelihood, they're they're being able to pay their bills. And he basically is having to suck it up and fulfill obligations. So I don't know what else you want. Does he go to Unadilla? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if I'm Dave Osterman. I mean, if he wasn't going to go to Unadilla, he wouldn't have been at Washougal. I promise you, his, his wife's due date was yesterday. I know. He was 2,500 miles away racing when he didn't want to. So If I'm Dave Osterman, I'm putting the brakes on this thing. Oh, yeah, because Dave has, <laughs> definitely has that power. <laughs> if I'm Oscar, I am stopping this train. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not good. Uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button. I was thinking about it, but Chad's a friend no of mine. No one's arguing and, with yeah. the point you're making. I just I think just, that you're, you're underestimating can the we, business side and the, okay, the obligations he has to fulfill. Can we, you know, be human about all the business side? Are we human or are we just, you know, are we jackasses? Oh, you, should call, you should call a discount tire and I told and you. I'm going to it. There's one down the street from me. Yeah, go do it. I, I'm sure... That if you worked out something on Chad Reed's behalf where they were just like, yep, we'll, we'll take care of our end. Right. You just go get better. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be like, great. Okay. I would love that. But obviously, with the lawyers and high-powered agents and you know, people that he has working for them, if that hasn't happened already, I don't think that Steve Mathis is going to do anything about that. Well, I'll let you know this afternoon. Okay. You let me know. Okay. You get, a, you get an oil change and get your tires rotated and you work out that deal in the meantime. Absolutely. Okay. Why can't? <laughs> you there? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It was excellent. Um, Christian Craig uh, is not going to race anymore. Races, uh, uh, but uh, he did. A, he did a nice job in his comeback. 
I would not rule out uh, when I talked to him and his. Uh, no, I found out this morning. He's done. He's definitely done. He's done. Oh. But you know why? Were, you know why? Why? Because why? The, the the team literally has no mechanics. Because R.J. Hampshire and Jordan Smith are coming after Loretta's. They just they don't. You know, at uh, at Millville, they said they would consider maybe just showing up on their own, doing their own thing in Indiana. Cause it's not super far, I guess, mm-hmm. driving distance. Yeah. Not definitely done with the Geico team for sure. Yeah. Uh, just because, like you said, there's no room. Osborne will be back to you. So uh, that's that. But he did, a, he did a nice job in his four races. He was amazing. And let's just take it a little further. That second moto had a battle of the dudes that were once retired, all battling each other. Did you see that? You had him, Han, and uh, who else is in there? Somebody else is in there. Uh, the Week? Tommy Week. Oh, Tommy Week. Yeah. yeah. A three-rider duel between three riders who were mm-hmm. essentially retired or practically retired or were retired. JT, I didn't listen to our pre-race podcast, but we, 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 we picked uh, Week's moto scores. Were we close at a 16-9? I don't know. I had him at eight eleven. Oh, okay. You had him at eleven eight. Oh yeah, okay. So we give him a little bit more credit. Yeah, sixteen nine. Yeah. Good job by him. Uh, ben Lemay thirteen thirteen. Um, Matt Gerke twelve seventeen. You have any scoop on Matt? JT. Nothing really. Um, just didn't ride well the second moto at all. Uh, don't don't really. I didn't really get anything from Burner or anybody on the team. I don't. I don't know that there was any real answers. Just mm-hmm. not a good day. Nor any, well, you know, wasn't yeah. good in practice, wasn't good right. really either moto. So. Shorty, Shorty sat at his worst qualifying practice of the uh, of the year, and he told me that a mutual friend meant to text Shorty's father-in-law, but instead texted Shorty, and the text was, WTF up with Andrew, is it Moser's fault, is he drunk, and he meant did not mean to send it to Andrew. <laughs> I have a strong feeling of who <laughs> sent this text. Oh, pretty funny, right? <laughs> Shorty was like, "Yeah, man, everyone's counting me out because he was fifteenth in practice." So, so, anyways, um, what else? Norn was good. Weege again. He, he is so far beyond any expectations I had. I don't know if that's an insult or not. But yeah, he's like legitimately good. Like. It's an awesome pickup. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. If if you're Dan Bentley, JT, you got to be. I mean, this is you're stoked with this. With I mean, you're getting good PR. You're helping out a privateer. You're hoping the guy does a little better. But this is as good as you can hope. Maybe better. Oh yeah, and I think uh, you know we've been kind of calling this all along that he would be he would ride really well at Washougal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been about as you know. I think it's you know the Sean Hamlin thing was. Obviously, the oh, best yeah. you could ever hope for a guy goes onto the you know starts getting podiums, but right. this is uh, this is what you hope is going to happen every time there's a fill-in guy, and it rarely ever does. But this is what you hope happens. Do you think all those guys on Privateer Island they're just they're just stoked, right? Oh, they're packing their stuff. Yeah, like they're like that could be me. That could yeah, easily be me. Trees down, <laughs> tying them together with twine. Yeah. Uh, you know. They're they're waiting for their uh, the you know the moon to set the tide right, and they're headed out <laughs> and, to sea here they, soon. They are trying. Um, Weege, uh, uh, what else? Um, oh, did you it give us funny the four fifty class? How much it's and it always is like this. It's so the have and have not class. I mean, you have the the best of the world out front, and then you have like these group of dudes that retired, but they're privateers, and it's cheaper to ride a four fifty and easier to put one together. So that's what they ride. 
you have these replacement dudes. I mean, Norin, you know, technically Pike's actually pretty new at this. He seems like he's been at it for a while as a factory guy compared to Norin. So have and have not. You got Craig, who is working a nine to five job in the top ten. You also have Roxon in the top ten. The two fifty class, like everyone's the same. It's like twenty guys on these yeah. satellite factory teams. Oh. That are all motoing down every day. Their stories are almost identical. And in the 450s, is like every age, every story. Every, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, believe me, I, I've heard it from agents who have. I mean, there's Will Hahn, Brock Tickle, there's Pike, um, there's, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing, Weimer. And there's no spots for these guys. No legitimate spots for these guys. And there's all these rides in the 250 class. Just the way our sport works. I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever, but yeah, there's definitely some there's more riders than rides in the in the four fifty class right now. Uh we oh, uh, Martin Davos. Yeah, yeah, we we David Pingree. Uh we did you give the seven deuce deuce any airtime? What's that? Did you give the seven deuce deuce any airtime? Never saw him. Ridiculous. Would have loved to have, but uh, never saw him. Um hey uh deal. Where was he? Oh, he was out there. 27-26. He's a super gross guy. Yeah. Um, hey, let's uh, before we move to 250s on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, let's take a quick commercial break here. Uh, BTOsports.com, check them out. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money on almost anything when you check out. And also Foxhead.com, Fox uh, Gear, the official gear of Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, one of them will be the 450 motocross champion at the end of this year wearing Fox gear. Foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer. And Racetech, listen to this Racetech commercial. Use the code PulpMX2014 to save yourself money at Racetech. And we'll be right back with the 250 preview. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech Suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers. Riders and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Um, let's go to move, do the 250s. Oh, hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. What? Are we going to discuss this this issue? What issue? Or not? The uh, number seven. Yeah, I think you forgot. I think you forgot about the, uh, the nope. newest nope. James Stewart controversy. I, I have notes. I was going to bring it up at the end of the show, but we okay. can certainly. We can, uh, we can save it till then and we can certainly, sure we don't we, skip over it. We can certainly. Uh, JT, believe me, I know you don't want to skip it. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really care. I just I know this was on the list of topics. So right. Um, well, let's talk about it now. Let's just do it now. Um, this is pretty much confirmed. 
it's not a rumor. We've got it from people who were on site there. But basically, at Millville, a member of James Stewart's crew, personal crew, not, not Yoshimura Suzuki, uh, needed a credential. Uh, they needed a hard card. And in some casual conversation, this person dis- declared that she was a James's nurse. And she gives them IVs, which, for people who don't know, are illegal, except after the event. You can, if you get an IV after practice or in between motos, you are done for the day. Because of the obvious advantages that an IV gives you, please tell me if you're listening to this and you want to argue that you're an idiot. They, they help. They help a ton. So oh, they definitely help. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a walking proof of that. The, you walk, I would walk into the Astros truck after the race feeling, you know, literally like I had been run over by the Astros truck and I would walk out feeling like I could go race again. No problem. Like, you know, right. I, I was hoping there was another moto to go. So the, this person was not allowed in, I believe at Millville. There's no proof that James Stewart was getting IVs in between motos or after practices. Um, and I'm sure if you're Yoshimura Suzuki or James Stewart, you are going to tell people in charge that you are getting them, this is for after the race. Let me start with that. Why can't do you believe that? Well, there's an easy counter-argument to that, and JT just explained it. If you need to get an IV after the race, it's right there at the Astros truck. So but, why would you go through that? I'm sure, I don't know, personal attention or something maybe. Yes. But the say, point is, say you're creeped you out by dog. After the race, legally, so you can just go to the Astros truck, so it really makes it strange why you'd bring someone in for legal purposes. Say Legally do it somewhere else. It's already there free. Say you're creeped out by Doc Bodner. Is it worth Maybe a couple grand a weekend minimum? <laughs> Probably a lot more. <laughs> okay, so JT, yeah. do you believe this? I don't, I don't know. Be- oh, stop it. I don't no, believe I, it. I, I don't want to bury the guy when I don't have real proof. But it's certainly... If we if had we were in a if, court of law that was using we circumstantial jury. evidence... You're mm. yes, you're going to lose that argument. Yes. Okay. So, so I think I think everything points to the fact that he was probably getting them done. But now, now I am. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, not looking real good. Um, one of the main problems with this whole thing, you know, I think, uh, you know, she didn't have her pass, so they were asking, um, you know, what what do you what do you need a pass for? You know, what do you do for James or what? You know, all that kind of stuff and. Uh, you know, they they kind of uh, were basically just trying to talk to her and make small talk, and <clears throat> they basically got to the bottom. You know, I, and my whole thing with this is I think that she did not know that this was not allowed. No. That's, that's I, my personal speculation and opinion, is that she was uninformed that this wasn't okay for competition. So she didn't feel any reason to try to hide the fact that this was going on. I right. Guess. And I guess if you're a nurse and you did someone told you it was illegal, you're bound by your medical code that you can't do it. I would think. Maybe not. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's well, not I don't, a hypocritical I don't really, oath or whatever. I don't, I don't see how she would put her license, li- you know, all her livelihood on the line. Right. If she knew that this was illegal or against the rules or whatever, right. there, I just don't see that happening. No way, no how. I think that she had to think that this was okay. He needed a personal right. nurse there to do it just for his own efficiency. And she saw no problem or no reason to not explain why she was there. Now, JT, if anybody listens to the Paul Bamek show, and maybe maybe we've talked about it on this show, I've long talked about how this goes on in motorhomes, in between motos. And I still believe it. And I don't believe James is the only one. 
Yeah, I, I know you've been on that bandwagon for a long time, yeah. and, and I kind of agreed with you. Well, I don't say kind of. I definitely agreed with you that it has gone on, and, and as we've just seen, it probably was going on with James, and we don't have proof of that, but it certainly looks that way. But, Weech, this is the last thing this guy needs right now. The, Dude, I mean, I know. Like, keep your nose clean. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, it's unbelievable. The, 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 yeah. the official I spoke to, I mean, I, I said, look, you know, we know this goes on, and they were saying it's, pers- it's private property. We can't go in the motorhomes. It's private property. I say we need to change whatever rule that says it's private property that you give up the right for that private property when you enter a national track. And we, ca- we try to catch some of these guys. To me, an IV is a, it's not a bigger advantage than a performance-enhancing drug, but it's an easier, it's an instant advantage, and it's easily found because it's on-premise during the day of a national. We should be policing this more because poor, poor uh, Weston Pike, who is just getting poor Andrew Short. Let's talk Andrew Short. 30-year-old. Is he 30? He's 31? I don't know. He's 30? Whatever. That guy would benefit greatly from an IV. He's out there busting his balls every week. Everyone would. Well, everyone would, but I'm just everyone saying Everyone would. It doesn't matter if you're 19 or 39. Yeah, but it, it there's, matters. A, there's a guy that, you know... Is right there, fourth, fifth, sixth place guy, and an IV would help him a ton, and he's not getting it. You, you don't think that you don't think that Roxon would benefit going into that second moto with getting a glucose bag and a sailing bag? Of course, I'm just. I, I mean, you can see him suffering out there. But but Roxon has a motorhome there. Okay, I understand and, that. And, and, I'm, we're, so, but we're just making the point of what does it benefit and how much benefit yeah. it, it would make. But I, I, I'm Shorty has no motorhome. He is just hanging out of the BTO truck. Uh, my point is these guys with motorhomes, and I'm not saying they're doing it, but the guys with motorhomes, the top tier guys, go and check those things out. Go and I look don't in even there. think it. I don't even think it. You even have to go that far. Listen, if if inside the trucks, like our truck, if if Andrew Short wanted to get an IV and cheat or whatever, they could do it. I promise you. All they'd have to do is hook an IV bag up behind his behind the couch in the lounge. Nothing's gonna, no one's going up there. Yeah, people would go up there. You, you, it's, cool. it's, it's people. It'd be, it, it, you, would have a ch- you, you would have a much greater chance of getting caught. So You don't think anyone goes in Stewart's motorhome? Have you ever seen his entourage? No, I, they're not going to say nothing. None of those people no are going to say... Do you think anyone's going to say things on our team? No, I, the Dunlop guy, myself. Um, the, the, you, go, the, you go up and... and in between motos, you go into so, the BTO okay. truck, right. into the lounge. We're getting off topic because now, no, no, now, now you're arguing with me that a guy in a semi is just as likely to take one as a guy in the no, motorhome. My, my argument is that it's not that difficult to do it anywhere you want to do it if you it's were inclined much, to want to do it. much easier in a motorhome. That's my point. And my point has always been they need to check these things. It's much easier in a motorhome. But anyways, why can't? Does anything hey, happen? You know what? I think, I think one thing you could say is, we know that they're probably not going into the semis in between motos, but I guess the semi would not have the uh, private property argument, correct? I don't know. I don't. I guess it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't because the officials do go in there. Right. So that would be that would be one major difference. And then you got right. poor Jimmy Alpin in his sprinter van out back. You think he's going to be able to pull one of these off? Well, that's but my. How would that be any different? How would a how would a race semi be any different than a motorhome? I I don't know. I was just told that. Motorhomes are private property. Isn't it forest private property? What's that? Isn't wouldn't the BTO semi be Forest Butler's private I, property? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I was told. I don't know. Yeah. 
But uh, why again? You can live in one. You can do, only work in the other. There you go. Does uh, all the truck drivers that? D- d- does uh, <laughs> Weech, Does anything happen? I mean, are we going to do? Do we know? Did you talk to anybody, or do you think anything's going to happen because of this? The official I no, spoke I to. The official I spoke I don't to. Think it, okay. Yep. The official I, I spoke don't think to. <laughs> happened for the, oh, are you going to let him answer the question or not? Go ahead. I don't think anything can happen because you can't prove. Uh, yeah. yeah. How do you prove it? Like, yes, an IV nurse showed up and said, "I'll be giving him his IVs," but until you have proof that they actually did it, and you don't, mm-hmm. how this won't hold up. Like, the IV nurse could have come there and not given him one. You know, you just don't argue that to well. death. So I think there were rumors that he wasn't even racing Washougal because he was penalized for this. That's definitely not the case. Uh, and honestly, the IV thing, you get penalized for what you did that day. I don't think you get suspended for the next event. So him not racing Washougal is not because of the IV thing. I don't think there is any kind of penalty because I don't think there's any way to prove it. But obviously, if we have just determined that the IV is a huge advantage and you cannot check these dudes in their motorhome, then you are basically asking for it to happen. So there's well, not going to work. James's IV nurse was not allowed in, into Millville, and James pulled out of the second moto when he was dizzy. Which an IV... I didn't realize the nurse was not let in. I didn't realize that. That's, that's true? Yeah, that's, that's what I understand. Oh, boy. So that's a heck of a connection right there. So how is he going to race Munadilla without getting dizzy? I, or I don't know. It's just... this is uh, The official I spoke to... This is what I was trying to say before I was interrupting you, Weege. My fault. The official I spoke to was just really over this, just really over this James Stewart thing. Like, what are you doing? And I think that's a JT. That's a, that's something that's out there in the pits right now. Yeah, I don't know. We we just so much of this is speculation. It's what speculation? I think we we just have to be careful. But uh, you know. I don't know. No, it's not what we're what what we're saying happened. Happened. I fully believe that. I, I do. I do too. But, but what what I'm saying is the attitude in the pits is like, come on, dude, what are you doing? No, I I agree. I mean, of all times to leave anything to chance, just like Weed was saying, this is not the time. If you were doing anything that you could that anyone could perceive as. Yeah, not a good idea, or against the rules, or borderline. You should not do it right now. You should not do no, it. No, you should I... have you should have uh, you know Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts handing out cookies in front of your truck. You know you should uh, be holding uh, you know prayer vigils and stuff in between motos. You should be doing everything you can to get public support on your side. Not be taking chances with stuff like this. And I like James. James, I consider James uh, us to be not, I don't want to say friends, but, you know, uh, acquaintances, business acquaintances or whatever. We have a good relationship, him and I. I would tell him the same thing. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Oh, man. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's, do you think it's, Eric, because I hear this, and this isn't necessarily my opinion, but I hear this all the time, that it's arrogance that he no one will ever do anything in this sport as far as punishment. He'll get away with it and whatever. Or do you think it's, I don't, is it ignorance at the, the rule book? Or what do you attribute these decisions to, I guess, is my main question. I think it's the Lance Armstrong theory, and I just watched that documentary, The Armstrong Lie. James's thing would be everybody else is doing it. My, my, my nurse just happened to lose her, her hard card. But, you know, it's going on in the other motorhomes, and I would tend to agree with him. 
But, but are these? Are, is everyone else hiring nurses to come in and, and perform these things? Because that's a pretty serious paper trail you got going on. Yes, there. absolutely. No, I would think that they're probably not doing that far. But James has probably more money than anybody, so maybe that's why he does it. But uh, I don't know, man. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. It's like, you know, it's like seeing your kid, uh, you know, goof off in school and you finally talk to him and then he just continues to do it and you're just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Uh, I don't know. We'll see, though. You know what's also uh, when um, he had a bad race at Muddy Creek, you know, right after all this controversy, right? And somebody told you, like, oh, there you go, see? He's not on his Adderall, and now he's crashing just like he used to. And yep. I, I was thinking to myself, oh, that's ridiculous. It's not a light switch. Yeah. It's not like, it's not changing him into a completely different human being in the course of one day. Yeah. Like, the, the proof, he goes from 1-1 one, one to crashing simply because of that. But I have to say now, when you keep piling these things up, it's a, it does start to taint everything. Like, it really does. Like, okay, now is the chance that he was on, a, uh, on an amphetamine and he was getting IVs. How long was that going on? You know, how, how many races did he potentially win when he was doing something that someone else wasn't doing? Like, it begs the question, at least. Right. I don't know. I don't know, man. But, uh, you know, hey, yeah, it's one of those things. I, uh, I, I tend to lean <laughs> too often, maybe, in life on the, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. Yeah. I'm more of the... Yeah. People are just dumb and make stupid mistakes, and they're not organized enough to handle things properly, and mm. that's why things happen. So I, I don't. I'm going to lean more toward they just mess this up, as opposed to the I can just do it and get away with it. Right, right, yeah. Just I honestly think that I honestly think that none of this is going to do. None of this is going to matter. He's not going to get one single iota of in trouble for this IV thing. I think, but I do think that no. the Seattle water test is is going to be his downfall. I think that there's going to be serious punishment coming down the line with that. That's my personal opinion. Well, but the, you know, you can't prove anything with this IV thing. You can't prove, it, you know, that he was getting it in between motos or before the motos. We all know he was. But uh, it, 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 if nothing happens, and nothing will, I'm with JT, my theory is still holding water right now that nothing ever happens. Still holding water. It yeah, may- I'm, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Why? What do you mean? No, I, I think he's going to get in trouble. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Will be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, there but, will be but, a significant punishment coming but, down the line. But right now, I still look like a genius. Right now. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, maybe not genius. Maybe not genius. But, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, nothing's going to happen. And we now caught someone with a nurse saying there's, you know, given IVs, and nothing's going to happen. I think there will be serious uh, voices and, and <laughs> a lot of... Very harsh words said if nothing comes of this. I am going to probably, I, I do think I'm going to the people that nothing will happen to James in terms of missing races. And from what I hear in the, in the winds of the pits, uh, I may be losing that money. But also, let's listen to the winds in the pits about all these jackasses talking about Cooper Webb and testing positive for HGH, which we have not brought up on this show. We've talked about it in our, in our text messages, and we've always said let's not bring it up. Because, you know, there's no proof, and I'm glad we didn't. But all those idiots in the pits, you know, it's done deal. I heard it. It's done. It's done. And I'm just like, come on, man. I haven't heard that from anybody official. I guess why get this is what we get when we have drug testing. Maybe in five years we're not, we won't hear any of this. But for now, it's new, and it's exciting, and this is the shit that happens in poor Cooper Webb. 
I really, I always would love to know how that gets started. I mean, it's pretty obvious when a rumor that's true, that turns out to be true, you know, it's not really a mystery how that gets started because it started because it really happened. Right. But in a situation like this where there is absolutely nothing to it, how does that start? I think J- so No, I think JT starts it. I really do. Oh, really? Yep. Big rabble rouser. <laughs> I think this is apples and oranges, though, with the James thing because we know... No, no, no. No, facts with no, that no, no. I just said I hear in the pits, in the winds, that there will be something happening. But then the winds also said that Cooper Webb was positive. I agree, yes. The, that the, was, uh, but that was a strong rumor. I mean, it, I don't, shouldn't say strong because it wasn't true, but no, it was a very I know, repeated rumor. I know, and, and, and you know, and let's, in, in deference to the Trailer Park Boys, let's call it the winds of shit, the shit winds. The shit winds were blowing in that Cooper Webb tested positive for HGH. So... Oh, and then the shit winds also said that Jeremy Martin called it in. That was another thing. Yeah, that was a little bit far-fetched. That Jeremy Martin placed the call. No, I know, but to give our listeners an idea of the shit winds that we deal with, they were out there in the pits, I heard it, that Jeremy Martin called USADA because I guess Cooper's shooting up in the lounge, Weech? I don't know. No, there was never any. I just heard because they don't like each other. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You're going way too far with facts. No, no, no. Thought or something. No, 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 no. I'm saying like I'm guessing. Like I'm, I'm guessing Jeremy Martin would have called because he's seen it. I don't know. You, yeah, just, no idea. I mean, this is the stuff. I just really wonder how that started. If it really came out of thin air, and obviously it did, because it's not true. Like what happened? Somebody just blatantly make that up? Absolutely, because Completely? there's a bunch of. There's a bunch of idiots in our in our pit sometimes. I mean, there really is. There's jealousy. There's yeah. egos. There's it's just amazing, yep. you know. Yeah, yeah. So I blame JT. He starts a lot of that stuff. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. God, thanks. For, what's up, humor McHumor? Okay, uh, let's go. Let's go to two fifties real quick. We we can't spend too much time on this. We're all busy. Um, Moose Gan though. Jesus, wow. 1.7 seconds faster in practice, JT. And then just, hey, check me out. I'm going to the front. I'm not going to get the starts. I'm not going to get the whole shots. There's not going to be a big pile up behind me. Uh, I am just going to get decent starts and then work my way up and be the best guy. Like, just boom. Yeah, he was, uh, he was the best guy all day. No other way to look at it. And uh, we, we've seen this coming. I predicted it uh, going into the weekend and stuck with it all weekend and... It was just his day. Yeah, you know, his day. I mean, there was no so, other. What is it? What is it about? Because there's no doubt that the track gelled with him and, and everything else. What is it that makes it? Well, I think it's been building. He's been getting better and better. But I just think it was the the right situation for him to excel. You know, his starts were good. He he was fastest all day long. I think that track uh, is good for his particular technique. Um, similar to you know what Porcel is good at as well, but. Obviously, Purcell didn't have a great day, but it was just one of those things. It's confidence, and it's you know you know going into the weekend that this track suits you, and you've been building, and you just kind of know it's time. Like this is going to be the day. Good to see we he, Marvin's a good dude. Right. Thanks, Weege. Thanks for agreeing. Yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> what, what, is, what does that got to do? Well, it's it's nice to see the guy have a good day. He's a good dude. He works hard. Uh, it's good 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 to see. You know, he has those days where he just goes one one, and I don't know. I guess it's good. So, yeah, I agree. He's a good dude. Good to see good dudes do good. Thank you, thank dude. you. Uh, what happened to Porcel in the second moto? Does anybody know? 
Weege, did you ever... Did... I, I have no idea. No, I, didn't. I wasn't over there. I, I, was, d- I was busy learning about uh, IV nurses. <laughs> that was... I mean, he, he. I think he was okay. He, he didn't... He, he, was he tired, JT? What did you see? I saw him just standing up looking like he was tired. Maybe it was a bike problem. I don't I don't think it was a bike problem. I don't uh, I don't know what was going on with Christopher Sell, but there was certainly something. I think he started his march to the back far too early to just be tired. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're not we're ne- probably never going to know. That's he's how Christopher Sell rolls. This is he's not winning Unadilla. Tell me you're off that bandwagon, JT. Uh, no, I'm not. Oh God, I think, no, he's done. I don't. This I don't. I'm done. not going to say he is going to win it, but you if he were, won one. I'm not going to say, oh, you I were, can't believe he won. No, you I'm, you I'm, were claiming that Unadilla is going to be his place. Yeah, and I still think that there's a chance that happens. I do. One bad moto, I'm not no. going to completely you, pack it in. No, no winner, no winner does what he did in that second moto. If he did not have a bike problem, I'm going to I'm going to preface that with perhaps there was a bike issue. You cannot win Unadilla. You cannot win a national with that ride, doing that. It's not possible. Yeah, obviously, if he rides like that, he will not win Unadilla. No, but I'm That's just saying. Like great he, great uh, he, analysis he, there. He got tired. He got, if he got tired or what, I don't know what happened. It's not good. I don't think he just got tired. That was not a hot day. The track was not just crazy rough or anything like that. I don't think he just got tired. He's not in shape. No, that's not. I don't subscribe to that at all. Cramping? Something happened. Something was going on. I don't know. Um, I thought he would. I thought he could do good at Washu. Certainly, a second place in the first moto was good. Everything was looking on track. I mean, it wasn't going to be. Winners don't ride like that. I'm just saying, like that's. I I really just think he got hot. I just I I, I don't. It wasn't hot. Okay, well I'm gonna I got a text into Eric Kehoe. I'll let you guys know what he says. Um. Bogle will be the next moto winner. Weege, do you feel pretty confident in, in saying that? I do. The next new moto winner. The next guy, the next new guy after to win a moto. He should be, but I will not I will not count Porcel out of you to do I'm still not going to do it. <laughs> oh, you should you should listen to Mathis. I do. Mathis has uh, the answers. Unfortunately unfortunately I have been. Uh for selling you to Dilla, man, I've been waiting. Couple years now to see another another dust up between those two. It is it's a sweet science to see him at Unadilla. We'll see what he can do. Sorry, man. I would not roll it out. It's going to be hot. It's New York in August, and there is no chance he wins Unadilla. So, New York, in August, it's, it's not Haiti. It's going to be hot and humid. You it don't know be. that. Uh, I do. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. I've been to Unadilla when think... it wasn't hot at all. Mm, okay. All right. You take that one time. I'll take the other. 15 I've been to. Oh, yeah, because I wasn't there either. Well, I'm just saying, you take your one time that wasn't hot, I'll take the 15 that were the last, you know, since I've been going, and, and we'll go. We'll, we'll saw it off. Um, I'm just saying that, that New York, upstate New York, is not just a guarantee it's going to be hot and humid. I, I I would love for you to talk to some New York locals, and they'll just stamp it that it's going to be a hot and humid okay. summer day. Okay. Well, again, I'll take all the other odds, and you take your one. Uh, I don't think the heat. I don't. I, I don't see how the heat. Why was the heat and humidity all of a sudden killing him at Washougal? Was it, it wasn't even hot and humid. I, I don't know. That's the only answer I have. What was going on? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, I will take with that evidence. You are right. There's no chance based on I don't know. Right. How can you possibly win you to do it? 
I just, it's just, I mean, don't you feel a little bit like the wheels are coming off this thing a little bit? I feel like you want the wheels to come off. No, I don't care. I don't care. know why. I don't care. I, I just wrote about how his comeback's been a success. I didn't see. I do feel I, the wheels are, it's not, it's not getting better. It's probably trending downward. It's not a disaster. But no. I don't think anyone would have first thought. one, it was great. It's trending, it's trending downward the last few weeks. I, I never thought he would lead this many laps or get this, this, you know, be up front as much as he has. So I think it's been a successful comeback. But if, if it wasn't for the second moto, where we don't know, we don't have any answers for what happened. The first moto, how can you say that was not good? Well, the first moto was good, but they have two of these things. He put them together. I understand that, right. but and he has has had these, he's had decent moto second motos this year. It's not like he just every second moto he just packs it in. All right, let's move on. I, I don't. I okay. just don't think. Right. I think okay. you're writing well, him off a little unfairly at this I, point. We will revisit this after Unadilla. Um, hey, Weege, Jeremy Martin was just sort of, eh. but <laughs> I mean he was. But look, he 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 lost two points to Baggett, and he tied with Cooper Webb. So perfect, right? Like couldn't ask for a better day when you don't have your your A game. Yeah, and I think the perfect proof of that is you could just look at the Martin and um, Roxton situations in the two classes. And, uh, I mean, you could take that panic button, just dewire it, submerge it in water. There, there's no panic at all, no reason to even worry. Like, Martin is totally showing that he's managing this uh, just fine. Uh, he, he did say that he really struggled to this track last year. He was just hoping to get on the podium. So, really, if anything, he nailed it. The track he wasn't even good on. Mm-hmm. He didn't really lose any ground at all. Uh, he's got this thing dialed in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baggett makes some more small mistakes, Weege, right? Like, it's kind of, he's just making, he's got no room after his DNF, and, and but again, he just makes small, small mistakes. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, he did tell me, actually, that crash at um, Millville, when he was in the lead, he mm-hmm. said that was because of the bike. He said he landed on that berm, landed in that corner, and the bike just bogged. Oh, yeah? And that's why, like, another lap, and he, so he, uh, but while Shugel, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he had, I think it would have been second in the first moto, pretty much in the bag, baguette. Yeah. Baguette. He had passed Martin. He had put a few riders between him, and you're like, well, he's giving himself a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, if he makes up six or eight points here, gets it back within 50. Um, you know, too much of that. And then, second moto, he actually got a good start. And then we see what happens the rare times that he does, usually. He really doesn't know what to do. When he has a good start, <laughs> kind of maybe find some maybe lines are a little more important to him. I don't know. It it, it is strange, um, and I have to say that when a guy comes on strong late in the races like he does, or, or Mike Larocco, another notorious bad starter, and all that HGH. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not starting those rumors. <laughs> oh, okay. Apparently, it doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. <laughs> um, the the obvious thing everybody points to is he's just in better shape than everyone else. Is there a chance that it's um, the first two or three laps, everyone is riding like mad, and he is not. So, hence, they are more tired at the end of the race because they spent more energy early. Because um, he clearly doesn't go as fast at the beginning of the moto as he does at the end, where everyone else does at the opposite. Right. So, yeah. they actually had the same exact amount of stamina. They just use more of theirs at the beginning. What do you think, JT? I don't know. I think some people just take longer to get warmed up. I, I just think uh, some guys are better at the beginning of the moto. Some guys are, you know, they're like a diesel and doesn't matter how long you need to go. It's just tough to get them going right at the beginning. So Yeah, some guys are, have some saline in them, let's say. <laughs> no, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's fast kidding. twitch and uh, right. the quick, you know, long twitch or whatever. 
uh, different, you know, people are built differently right. as far as what their body responds to um, as far as uh, energy output. You know, it was tough for me. I, I sucked the first few laps. I just couldn't get my intensity up. But once it got 20 minutes in and I was fully warm, I would start dropping my lap times where other people, you know, goes the other way. So. Um, yeah, and the reason I bring that all up is just to prove that it's not it's not purely – I'm always on this thing. It's the Jeff Ward thing, like the guy that wins is the guy that did the most miles on the road bike. It's not purely that he's just training harder than the other guys. It's almost like he's just uh, has a different strategy. The um, uh, oh, for next year, uh, JT, you kind of hear. I don't. You're sort of. You've said a few times you don't think Baggett's going back to pro circuit, and I don't hear his name either, but I don't know where he's going to go, so I don't really don't know what's going on with Blake Baggett next year. We do know Pro Circuit has Tonus, Cincerello, Bowers. Um, am I missing somebody? Aldridge? So, uh, yeah, Tonus, AC, Bowers, Aldridge. That's the four I have there so as of now. Is Baggett going back there? I don't see that happening. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying it could yeah, right. possibly happen, but I don't have him on that team. What now. do you hear, Weege? Do you hear anything? Yeah, it seems a little different now because um, he was definitely, you know. Do I hear music in the background? Do you guys hear that? No, no. You might be hallucinating. Yeah, I might get an IV. IV. You need an IV. <laughs> maybe an IV. Um, all right, let's have to talk through this. Like, I'm literally getting FM radio interference on my cell phone, which I didn't know was possible <laughs> scientifically. Um, I know at one point he was shopping. Uh, but things seem a little different now to me. Like, it seems like they might need him and he might need them yeah. more than they maybe did back in uh, May or June. Yeah. And, and, heck, how many guys do they have on the team this year? Six? Yeah. Um, Jason Anderson could have had a good day. JT, you predicted big things for him in our pre-race, but uh, crashed out. Nasty crash, too. Ugly. Yeah, it wasn't good. I think he, was, he still would have been fast. Yeah. Just, uh, yep. He yeah. was third. Can't crash. He, he was third when he went out, so. Yeah, yeah, looking, yeah, looking okay. Savachi Weege, he's riding himself onto that team. Six seven. That's two good weekends in a row. Are you still listening to like Richard Marks right he's now? Listening to Credence right now. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he can't talk. He's got uh, a bad moon rising over <laughs> the Tennessee hills right now. Right. Wow, my phone is in no condition right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really is. Kind of like you know, a couple motors ago, I think he was getting starts and just holding dudes up, but. Now he's turning into he's getting faster and faster. Like he's yeah. pretty legit now. Yeah, no, good too he's strong. Not the fastest guy, but it's only his second year. He missed a lot of time with injury. I'd say that you could you could work with this, right? Yeah, I was talking to Bobby Hewitt, and he said you know he's basically missed a year. So, you know. Yeah. Um, some pretty good ride for him. Dean Wilson, JT, what'd you see? I saw some horrible starts. <laughs> Tell you that I was watching with his agent Tony Gardia in the first moto, and he came around and. He was about 14th, and I looked at the guys in front of him, looked at the laps, looked at where he was, and I go, he's going to get 8th. And Gardia's like, you think? And I'm like, yeah, he'll get 8th. And he did. He actually did. I looked like a genius to Gardia. But, uh, oh, man. I know. No, I swear to God, you're going to ask him about it. I just looked at the – I'm like, he's going to get that guy, that guy, and that guy, but that guy will – these guys will beat him with that start. And, yeah, I look – anyways, I was pretty proud of myself. Um. Uh, I'm just giving you credibility, which is yeah dangerous. Uh, JT, you wanted to talk about the depth of the 250 class a little bit with the with the being Washugal, maybe wasn't uh, quite. Yeah, it was not good. The guys in the backside of the top 20 were over 20 seconds a lap slower than the guys in the front. 
a little bit hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing I did get wrong. I predicted big things for Dakota Tedder. Yeah, I was I was not on that bandwagon. <laughs> I said we would go between ten and fifteen today. Uh, Dakota, where did that uh, where, where did that come from? Just a six cents? Yeah, I thought he I thought he had a good race at Washougal one time, and I don't know. That was an amateur day. That yeah. was like uh, two thousand five. All right, I apologize. <laughs> West Coast, was that what it is, back on the West? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Tedders did the electrical work at Washougal, and he had extra laps there. I don't know, but I just thought it would be something. Um, all right, anything don't else? Don't tell Gardia about that. Don't tell Gardia about No, that. I won't. Anything else from 250 class, or heck, we've got to wrap this up. Anything else from 450 class? Is that it? Are we are we, are we we done on this, uh, this, uh, this podcast? Yeah. What? Are you, got, do you, have, are you listening to Van Halen? Is, is it Halen Weege? I believe what happened is I, I, I did figure this out. I uh, plugged my phone into the USB in this car to charge the battery, and now the radio wants to play. It, it, it to, it's totally thrown the car radio off. Like, what do you want? You want to play one of these podcasts? You want to play right. iTunes? You're trying to play. What are you doing? Um, so it is now actually playing a podcast as I'm on the phone at the same time. I didn't even know it could do that. <laughs> Great. All right. it's not one of yours. Uh, the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Lots to talk about this week. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, Weege, have fun at Loretta's. Um, I do not wish I was there. Let's do another one of these after uh, maybe even just you and I, Matt. This will talk at the Loretta's and I'll, I'll tell you what I saw. Yeah, we usually do one with the amateur racing and what, yeah, what you saw and who, who's going to be good and it gives me another shot, another chance to maybe disparage an amateur racer, only to look foolish a year and a half later. Eh, Jerry Martin, eh. <laughs> hey, you know what? No, Tony Gwynn didn't hit every ball, okay? Tony Gwynn didn't hit every ball. So. JT, thanks, bud. Thanks, Weech. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. See you guys. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go by.